do take a seat. Those words were incredibly appropriate for the reading that Nicola will be bringing in a moment just after the collect. Um, that line, bread of heaven, feed me till my want is over on the bread of heaven. The collect for this week, the tenth, sun, the tenth week after Trinity, Lord, let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. If I could invite you, Nicola, to come up. One Kings nineteen verses four to eight. While he himself, Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread, baked over hot coals, and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, and touched him, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus? the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me 
unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Every one who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Hunger is a very powerful desire. It's one of our body's strongest inner drives. It's no doubt due to the fact that our minds are programmed to know that food is essential for life. We say things like, I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. Hunger has been known to make people do things they wouldn't normally do and see things that aren't actually there, and even believe things that aren't true. Our passage was an incident where Jesus was speaking to hungry people, people whose hunger had, in fact, deluded them, deluded them into buying into some of the world's biggest misconceptions. Let me give you the context of when Jesus spoke about being the bread of life. The day before, he had been teaching the people, and he'd had compassion on them, and said to his disciples, they're hungry, go and feed them. They said, but what with? And they brought to our Lord that small boy's meagre lunch, and he performed that great miracle not just of feeding the 5,000, which is the title in many of our Bibles. That would have been the 5,000 men, but there would have been women and children swelling the crowd to some 15,000 people with that one boy's offering. Well, the day after all this happened, those who'd eaten some of the bread and fish provided by Jesus were searching him out all over the countryside. And the conversation is what took place when they found him finally at Capernaum. So the first misconception, they forgot 
that God is the source of all that is good in life. You see, when they found Jesus, they were after just another free meal today. And they boasted. Moses gave the Hebrew people a meal every single day. There was bread every single day for them when they wandered in the wilderness. But Jesus, you may have heard in the passage, corrected them, saying that the source of that bread is God, not Moses. These hungry Hebrews had forgotten that foundational truth that all we have, and I mean all that we have, is traceable back to God because it's either from the earth or it's from mankind and God created them both. God is the source of everything. I suppose today that we, the majority of us, have that blessing of food in our cupboards, in our fridges, and we are able to have our meals each day. And it's easy to forget that basic fact that everything we have, everything that we are, is from God. In the Gospel of John, right at the beginning, Familiar words we know from Christmas. In the beginning was the word. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Or as James puts it, every good gift, every, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no varying, neither shadow nor turning. So that was the first thing they forgot, that every good thing does come from God. Secondly, that powerful miracles will not satisfy their hunger. You know, in fact, miracles tend only to lead us to want to see more miracles. Hungry people just want more food the next time. I liken it to fireworks night, I love a good fireworks display. When I see those big green ones go off, it's like, ooh, wow! But I'm waiting for the next one, and then the next one. And we're always slightly disappointed when we look up and we just think, oh, it's over. We want more. The Gospel records that when Jesus did a miracle, it was for one of two reasons. He did it either out of compassion for a hurting person, or to teach an important spiritual principle to proclaim a message about himself or the kingdom. Well, when it came to these particular Galileans who had come searching for him the next day, apparently the message that Jesus had conveyed the day before about multiplying bread and fish fell on deaf ears. Because instead of seeking to apply it into their own lives, that teaching, they responded by asking for more displays of his power. And they said it was because they needed to see more to believe what he had to say. Well, why didn't Jesus, the one who had said, I am the bread of life, not just do it for them so they could see that he could produce bread? I think he knew that they were too focused on the gift 
to be able to even see the giver. See, they just witnessed that powerful miracle the first time. And that didn't lead them to believe he was who he said he was. So he was doubtful that a second miracle would convince them either. Miracles won't satisfy our hunger for God. It's only a personal relationship with the bread of life himself that will satisfy. As one writer put it this way, the Messiah was not going to save the world by miraculous band-aid interventions, a storm calmed here, or a crowd fed there, or a mother-in-law cured. Rather, it was going to be saved by means of a deeper, darker, strange mystery at the centre of which lay his own death. You see, Jesus didn't come to use his hands miraculously to make bread and more bread. Rather, he came that his hands might receive the executioner's nails and that his body might be broken for the salvation of this world. Those Galileans that day did need a miracle, all right, but they were seeking the wrong kind of miracle. They needed a more wonderful miracle, but one that is far less obvious and yet more powerful still. A miracle that comes from repenting, of turning from the way we naturally would walk, repenting of our sins and claiming and saying and declaring that Jesus is Lord and Saviour. Because in that decision, a decision that we can each make and we each must make, a soul is saved for eternity and, as in the passage, will live forever and receive heart forgiveness. And that leads to that third misconception. The people that day forgot the essence of human life is spiritual and not just physical. So many today, and I counted myself as one of those for the first part of my life, I thought it was merely about me physically. You know, we could have all the food in the world and still be hungry. And I know this because we cannot go anywhere on earth today without finding people hungry for something more than a full stomach. There is restlessness in every soul because that soul craves more, something more substantial yet than food. Jesus said to the devil when he tempted him, when he tempted him to make physical bread which would satisfy hunger, the Lord's response was this and it's his response to us today. Man does not live by bread alone, or food alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You and I were designed to require more than mere physical nourishment. We were created with a need for spiritual nourishment as well. 
And this sustenance is only found in Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. So that day on the shores of Galilee, Jesus was trying to get these people to understand that there are those more important hungers in life that can only be satisfied by a relationship with him. How are you doing with your relationship with Jesus? Do you know him? He says, come to me. Come, turn away from the way you have been living. Whatever stage and age you are at, come to me. I am the bread of life. How are you doing? You have already said to him, I have come to you, Lord, and I am yours. And yet you are feeling hungry. He says to you, come again. Come day by day, just as I fed my children in the wilderness day by day. I want to feed you day by day. Come again. Because he says, there is the hunger for truth. And Jesus says, I am that truth. I am the answer to all life's deep questions. You know, there is hunger for life while there is still breath in us. And Jesus alone can give people life, abundant, full life. He says, I've come to give you that today. And there is hunger for love. And Jesus alone can give that love that outlasts even death. The pleasures and the food of this world are temporary. Only a relationship with Jesus can satisfy our immortal beings. Come to Jesus. The key verse was the first verse in our gospel, verse 35. Those who come to me will never go hungry and never be thirsty. The word in the Greek is emphatic. Come to me, Jesus says. Me alone. Not to church, not to fellowship. Though those things are beautiful and that is a wonderful place to fellowship with one another, you must also come to me. He alone is the bread of life. Amen. I turned my sheet over, that's why I couldn't find it. Let's affirm our faith by saying together the Apostles' Creed. It is C1 on your sheet. Let's say together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. 